Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Tamara Beckford Show. Alrighty, I am very excited to have you here today. Now, I know that a lot of us, it's the beginning of the year, there's some resolutions that are made, there's some resolutions that are broken, but the biggest thing is if you made that resolution, you have it in your mind to say, you know what, I am trying to get healthy. I do not want to make 2024 my 2023 part B. 2024 is brand new 2024, right? Now I have a one of my wonderful lady docs on today and she's like, listen, it takes more than yoga. You know what I mean? And why we should have the physicians that should be dominating this wellness space. Absolutely. Why should we have the physicians that's dominating this wellness space? All righty, so we're going to be talking all about that. So let me bring in my wonderful lady doc, because I know you guys are like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Okay, so she is a graduate of the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston. She did her residency in pediatrics at University of Utah. Now, as with most of my doctors, they do not stop there. She said, you know what? I want to get more training because I want to help more people. And so she did additional training in holistic wellness for adults at the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. She is the CEO and founder of Culper Pediatric Center, which is currently rebranding because she's like, listen, I'm going to take care of more people. She's currently rebranding it as the Culver Wellness Center, which is a transformational holistic wellness center for women. Now, her business has been voted best physician offices in the best of Marshall County in 2023. In addition to that, she has a whole food plant-based, she's a whole food plant-based doc and baker. So yum, yum. <laughs> her. We love people who love to provide food. Yes, now. Oh, yeah. And healthy food did that. Like, how can we go wrong, right? <laughs> in addition to that, she is the host of the Veggies Over Pills radio show with Dr. Dami. So she is known as the Veggies Over Pills doc. If you've heard about that, this is who we're talking about. Now, she also writes a regular column in her local newspaper, which is the Culver Citizen, and the column is termed Get Healthy with Dr. Dame. Now, who am I talking about? If you caught all of that, you should be like, oh, who is that? I know I know her. That's right. This is Dr. Naomi Adame, also known as the Veggies Over Pills. Doctor, welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like, wow, this is this is what it must feel like to be like a rock star. <laughs> you are a rock star. Have, have Dr. Beckford introduce you. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Thank you so much for that. You are a rock star. I mean, and that's why I have this show because I want everybody to see all the rock stars that are out there, all our docs from all over the world who are rocking it and making sure that they are contributing way more than what people think about in medicine to the world, right? right. Now, I want everybody to hear your story because it's just going to be phenomenal. And I know that people are like, oh, my God, veggies. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, no, we can do this. We can do veggies this. Right. Yes. All righty. But let's start at the beginning. So mm -hmm. tell us, Dr. Naomi. So no, which I knew was going to happen is Dr. Noemi. <laughs> so what made you decide to go into medicine in the first place? <laughs> All right. So I I grew up in South Texas, mm -hmm. um, firstborn daughter of Mexican immigrants. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, healthcare for us growing up, it was a luxury. It really felt like this Mm -hmm. private club that we just did not have access to. Going to the doctor, you might as well have told us, oh, you're going to get a first class trip to Paris. You know, how exclusive Mm -hmm. healthcare felt to me growing up. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my parents would take us to see doctors. We lived right across the border. So they would take us across the border to Mexico or the local FQHC when, when we got like really sick, you know, Mm -hmm. really sick. And my mom, who was great, you know, um, with the traditional Mexican remedies, like if she felt like, okay, this is before beyond what I can handle with her knowledge of home remedies, she would, you know, take us um, to see a doctor. But, but yeah, the idea of like seeing a doctor in the States, that's a private physician was just beyond us. So honestly, going into medicine for me felt like the geeky girl that finally gets accepted by the popular kids. That's really how it felt. You know, <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. I went <laughs> and really uh, organically in a way and, and in mm-hmm. a way by sheer dumb luck, because I didn't have these physician parents or college educated mm-hmm. parents that could na- you know, help me navigate, but I got good grades and I had teachers and counselors that looked out for me. Um, so when I was in middle school, I had a, a teacher that said, Hey, you need to go to the, the local health professions magnet school. And so I did, right. You know, mm-hmm. that, I did what I was told. And, and then my senior year at that school, I went into the guidance counselor's office by like, just randomly just to grab some chocolate at her office, because I was like, you know, my, that senior, senioritis, like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I want to be a doctor, but I don't even know how to start. Um, and she literally handed me a brochure for a pre-med medical school combo program. And this mm. was like 1993, 94, right? I'm just dating mm-hmm. myself when those programs weren't very common. Ours, yes. Yeah. Now they're like a dime a dozen. Every, every college in med school has some sort of um, three to four. Like the, combo or four to yeah, four. that combo. Yeah. The, yeah. Those are like the BSMD programs. Yeah, yeah. But not mm-hmm. but back then they they really were um they were just uh, being piloted. And so I was mm-hmm. that was the inaugural class of of uh the um the UT Pan American Baylor College of Medicine program. You know, and it was an amazing experience. I was so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in addition to undergrad and medical school acceptance, I um they also arranged like summer programs, which mm-hmm. were amazing. It really things that I could have never navigated on my own. Um so yeah, that's uh that's that's how I got into medicine. Wow. You know, I really want to highlight some um parts of your journey there which um it's really notable because when you're from the environment where medicine you see it all the time, then it becomes of okay, I see it and then I do it. When you're from the environment where it's not something that you see that often, then the stretch to get there seems even farther, right? Like you're saying, like, this is a novelty, like, oh, you're going to a private doctor? Like, wow, can you tell me what that looks like? You know what I mean? Like, it really is such a novelty. So shout out to one, to mom for being there and being such a strength and just saying like, okay, I'm going to be there for my kids. And although I don't know how to navigate the system, I'm going to make sure that you get the best, right? Number one, shout out to teachers. We've often said that teachers that are looking out for their students, especially students that they know have the talent, like they have the talent, but they might not have the resources or they might not have the family that is 
that understands how the system works and you are there to help and to navigate these students. Shout out to all those teachers, right? right yeah. And then the guidance counselors that yeah. see and they're saying, okay, you have this skill. You might not know that this is available, right? but here it is. Because can you imagine trying to navigate your way through undergrad, you know, and then applying to medical school this time when you don't even know how to do this process, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have this guidance counselor that's there that says, no, listen. And, you know, my parents, right. Absolutely. And my parents were amazing. They were mm -hmm. so encouraging, ah. but they just, they also did not have the, the knowledge, you know, and, and they, and everything, they were like, Miha, you do it. You do yes. it. You know, like, yes. encouraging because this is a yeah. But, but yeah, without those teachers, I, I don't know where I would be today. Yeah. yeah because it's a, it's a system that it's all systems you would need to know how to navigate the system. If this is not part of your regular day, it requires a lot of time and investment and a lot of trial and error. Right. You know, so to have someone that can really shorten that gap, power to all those people that we just mentioned. Right. So now you have been exposed to this and these BSMD programs, for those who are listening and you're hearing it, um, I say BSMD because we had some of those programs at the school that I went to also that, you know, where the BS and MD means that you earn like your bachelor's of science and then you go ahead and earn the medical degree at the same time. So you're really doing some combo programs. So when you're in those programs, life isn't easy. You still no. had to really work hard to keep the grades up you had you still had standards yeah, that you had yeah. to uphold right. so it's not like oh life just went yeah. easily <laughs> so i know i know some people who unfortunately didn't even make it out because they weren't able to keep those standards up so mm -hmm. shout out to you for being able to keep that so now you know we're in med school I can imagine that undergraduate graduation and then entering into medical school. Right. All righty. Now, let's talk about it. Now, okay. So, I ended, up, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up at, at UTMB in Galveston. Mm -hmm. um, and I really thought because of the internships that I had done as an undergrad, I was all about OB and I really wanted to do OB. Um, <laughs> but then once I got to my third year, I hated all of <laughs> except pediatrics, which I didn't oh. do at the very end of my third year because I didn't think I was going to do pediatrics. Oh, wow. It up until the end. I did love internal medicine because I loved that intellectual aspect and let's generate a differential diagnosis and let's mm -hmm. come up with, you know, rule this in, rule this out. I loved that. And like I had an attending tell me, well, pediatrics is kind of internal medicine for little people, right? Yeah. You know? Um, and so I ended up in peds. I did my training for residency, like you mentioned, at um, University of Utah, primarily at Primary Children's Medical Center, which is an amazing top-notch hospital, incredible training, incredible experience. I got a job as a hospitalist, um, a peds hospitalist initially, and I loved that job because I just had amazing colleagues and we, we did so much. It wasn't just inpatient. We did complex care. We did sedations. We did oh, newborn yeah. nursery. It was just, I loved that. I loved doing something different every week. Yes. I loved 
teaching medical students. I love, you know, having my little group of, of my mm -hmm. medical students, my team, my medical students, my residents, my interns, my, you know, pharmacy and nursing. And I just, uh, I just loved all of that. And, and I thought that I was going to ride that into retirement. You know, I, I, by the end I was, um, I had a strong foothold in medical education, undergrad mm -hmm. medical education. I had a position that paid 20% of my salary. You know, it was, it was really a wonderful, wonderful time. But um, my my husband has wanderlust. He just he wanted to live abroad. So oh, yeah, yeah. So he convinced me mm -hmm. to leave. You know, and uh, we lived uh, we lived in Costa Rica for a year. Oh, nice. And then we traveled around the world with our kids for a year. So mm -hmm. I I was out of the workforce during that time. And when it was time to come back to the States at the end of our round the world trip, um, um, I, he had always been the trailing spouse. Like he literally, he followed me to me medical school. He followed me to residency. He followed me to my first job in San Antonio. So this time I told him, you get a job somewhere <laughs> and I'll figure it out. That. So that's how we ended up in rural Indiana. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, um, I, obviously the hospital medicine was not something, you know, that, mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, that was in the cards in a small town in rural Indiana. So I ended up doing uh, I got a job as a as a outpatient, you know, and I thought it was going to be easy. Right. Oh, going from hospital medicine where I'm. Oh, you're going to now be an outpatient. Kids on continuous albuterol, you know, like we we TPN like we did like, you know, six. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be super easy, but I was just not built for the corporate outpatient mm -hmm. world. It was, I mean, we'll talk about burnout. Oh, I have a lot to tell you about that. I just, <laughs> I just, the ridiculously short visits, the RBU requirements, the, the filters between the doctor and the patient, just the system made no sense to me. So, so yeah, I was pretty morally injured by, by the end. And, and um, I think, I think the really hard part was I, didn't just hate the doctor that I had become. I hated the, the person that. Mm. And that's hard because you're you just, looking at right. yourself every day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know? can't skip yourself. You're, yeah. You cannot skip yourself. Oh, interesting. I, I love the fact that, you know, we're going to dive a little bit more into to that part. Yeah. Um, and you said it's not just that, like the person that I became, I just didn't start. I didn't like that person. And, and that's what goes on on the inside, what makes it so hard when we talk about, you know, moral injury. Right. So, you know, as a result, what is it that you're like, you know what, this can't work. Yeah. So what were your next steps during that time? So, uh, yeah, I, after being completely, totally mo morally injured and, and literally, you know, you, you hear about people being in the parking lot, crying, holding onto the steering wheel, going, I can't go in there. That, that was, that was that me. Was you. Yeah, oh, wow. that was me. Um, so I left, uh, I left corporate medicine and I mm -hmm. opened up my own practice in August of 2020, like right in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy. I ended up. I opened up a concierge or a DPC, direct primary care um, pediatric practice. If you see those double doors behind me, that's behind those double doors is my dining room. So I literally, you know, I'm I'm out in the country, like Indiana, surrounded by soybean fields, surrounded by cornfields. Next field over, some cows. Like those are my neighbors. <laughs> 
I started the practice like an old school country doctor, like in my living room, you know? I and, love it. Uh, yeah. And I just, I was so happy. I am so happy. Um, I love practicing medicine on my own terms. I love, you know, not having non-physicians dictating the relationship between myself and my patients. I mm -hmm. love being a doctor again. I liked me again. <laughs> um, so powerful. So yeah, and a lot of patients uh, followed me, um, and we totally re rekindled our love for each other. That's really mm. how I felt, you know, uh, because the relationship was unobstructed now. Um, and one of the biggest things that I loved was that I could counsel patients based on the principles of lifestyle medicine. So I have done mm -hmm. additional training through the American College of Lifestyle Medicine on whole foods, plant-based and holistic wellness and all that. And, and, and before, like my former employer would give me like the bright futures, you know, and the handouts mm -hmm. to patients. And I literally would like cross stuff out and be like, <laughs> nope, not this. And now I, with my own practice, I was the one who said, look, this is actually what, how I'm going to provide anticipatory guidance. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I really loved focusing on preventative and lifestyle medicine in particular. Um, but, and this was the big, big, but <laughs> mm -hmm. even, even in my, my new practice and, and having opened up on my own, I was still doing a lot of sick care, you know, I was still mm -hmm. doing a lot of sick care. And as you can imagine, you know, as you know, I, as a pediatrician, I cannot tell a five-year-old or a 10-year-old, even a 15-year-old you need to eat more veggies. You need to exercise more. You, you know, it's just unfair. It's unrealistic. You know, mm -hmm. that these issues need to be addressed with a person that's doing the grocery shopping, the meal planning, the cooking. And, you know, in most households, that's awesome. right, right, mm -hmm. right. Um, around that time, I learned about um, Dr. Una, who I think you're familiar with. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Big on teaching physician entrepreneurs to build a business that cannot function um, with that that can function without them. And mm -hmm. and um, as a pediatrician, I got a really cold. As a physician, I got a really cold reality check um, this last summer. My mother, my mother died um, unexpectedly, and I, I I got a phone call that she'd had a a, a, a stroke um, while I was seeing patients. My my sister called me and. Uh, I had I dropped everything and flew to Texas um, the the following day, um, and um, you know she was in the ICU initially. We were not sure. I, I didn't know if she was going to survive and and she was going to need care for three months. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I or we didn't know if she was going to survive the night. So mm -hmm. I um, after when when she died, I, I made a real audit of my life um, mm -hmm. and I made the decision that I needed to as much as I love being a pediatrician and I, it just, my practice cannot function without me in pediatrics. Mm -hmm. It absolutely mm -hmm. cannot. And so I realized that I needed to, um, to, to pivot and, and rebrand, um, so that I could walk away during, during emergencies and during times when, um, my family needed me. And, um, because right now I'm the product, I'm what patients mm -hmm. are, are, um, are, um, paying for. So I took what I was, the training that I had done with American College of Lifestyle Medicine and all the CME that I've done and thought, okay, we can rebrand to a lifestyle medicine practice where it is more feasible to do either remotely or I could train, which, which is what we're doing, training the nurse to, to, to um, follow my framework, right? I'm mm -hmm. still 
supervising physician. I'm still the one designing the framework, but I can have someone who is, you know, doing, um, doing the, like the, some of the follow-up visits and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. And of course, we're not closing our concierge pediatric portion because I, there would be a revolt. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest revolt would not come as much from the patients, but from the inner Noemi. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Cause I love being a pediatrician. I really, exactly. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we're definitely not closing that down, but we are focusing more on growing the lifestyle aspect mm-hmm. for those two reasons. The, the personal of, I, I do need to create this business that can function without me. And mm-hmm. then the stack, the, and then the, um, the professional of, okay, yeah, I cannot expect kids, you know, or tell kids <laughs> to, you know, eat more healthy. Like I have to get to the root, you know, to, to the person who's in charge of the kitchen, which is, which is mom. I love it. I love it. There are a few things that you've mentioned, and I know that we're going to dive a little deeper into some right. of the burnout portion. And um, I love that, uh, you know, you were able to take charge of that portion of your life when you realize like, okay, you know, this isn't working. And there are a couple additional things because you were in charge. I know that right now you're working on building the wellness center that will give a little bit more um, freedom for you as a person, in addition to you as a physician, the fact that you were also in charge of your schedule and your time, you were able to drop and rearrange your schedule to be by your mom's bedside the next day. Right. So and that, my patients uh, were amazing. I, I, I literally sent a mass email. My mom has had a stroke. I do not know when I'll be back. And, and I know, and this is just, again, that mentality mm-hmm. that we have, I, but I'll still, I'm still available to answer texts, you know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. and we just, and, uh, and, but my patients were amazing and I love them mm-hmm. and yeah, but absolutely, you know, yeah. just that power to be able to, to take back that control right. to do that. Now, You've also mentioned, um, you know, that you got the additional um, training in the lifestyle medicine. You started <laughs> your practice in the middle of COVID. Yes. <laughs> 2020, August. Oh, what a day and what a year to start. Yeah. <laughs> Did you already have your um, lifestyle medicine certification at that time? Or did you also um, add that to your repertoire during that time? No, I, I don't think I had even heard of lifestyle medicine at oh. that point. Yeah, I don't think I had even heard about lifestyle medicine. Um, I heard about lifestyle medicine very randomly. I have a DPC doctor, you know, I have mm-hmm. a, who is very kind of crunchy. She she did <laughs> like she does, she's she's a board certified internist, you know, she is mm-hmm. a, a physician, but um, but she also does like acupuncture and she does IV therapy and you know, and she does all these other modalities. Um, and uh, I had an appointment with her and she had some posters. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a couple of years ago that had from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine that would, and I was doing Whole Foods plant-based at that time, right? but she had these posters with the, like the Whole Foods plant-based food plate and American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And I was like, wait, there's a branch of medicine that you can <laughs> actually get certified for this? And she was like, yeah, you can. 
Oh, wow. So that's when I started looking at it. Now, I'm board eligible. I haven't sat from, you know, it's expensive to do the board, the board certification, but, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm studying to sit for the, for the board exam, um, you I know, either it. this year or next year, but I've done a lot of CME on, mm-hmm. on the, a lot of stuff was stuff I had practiced as a patient, but it was just getting really it was the formalized now framework, right? The, the scientific yes. framework, knowing the actual evidence and also uh, creating a framework to be able to counsel patients on this. Love like it, love it, mm-hmm. love it, love it. All So there you are, uh-huh. you know, as this and your patients are coming in and you are now recognizing that you want to be able to incorporate this wonderful lifestyle uh-huh. within your patient population. But your patient populations are teenagers and lower, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. well, we yeah. recognize like who lower, really yeah. is dominating the the household to be able to to charge the lifestyle to you know to forge forward and you're like okay we're really a lot of in a lot of households i know some households this the dad but a lot of households the majority of households it's mom so with that you decide to now expand upon this Mm -hmm. and move from just the pediatric center to mm-hmm. the center of wellness, right. um, to the wellness center, so that you can incorporate some of these skills and lifestyles with right. the family, yeah. because the family, because that's another thing, right? If you tell, okay, little Johnny, I want you to eat some more carrots. Johnny's like, okay, uh-huh. I like carrots. Really like my kids. Yeah, I'm gonna be able to see better. Uh-huh. Okay, good for you. Yeah. Now you know, at home you're getting Cheetos. Instead yeah. of carrots, Cheetos are being bought instead of carrots, then little Johnny is not really able to partake in this, right? But right. if you're able to speak to everyone as a whole and show like, okay, this is how we are able to incorporate this, especially since Johnny's trying to tie this and says, oh, Johnny will have beautiful eyesight. And you're like, yes, Johnny, you will. Here's a carrot. You know, we've been able to bring some more carrots into the household and, you know, slowly but surely um, right. get yeah. to love and to understand and appreciate the importance of the vegetables. Right. Now, I have five year. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Now, when they were younger, I could get them to eat what they want, but they get into that stage. Yeah, the picky stage. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and there are times, like I have patients, moms who tell me, hey, my kids, all they eat are grapes and and and, and crackers. And it's like, you know what? Then that's all they're eating. As long as they're getting nourished, as long as they're growing, it's okay. But you know what? Put the carrots on their plate. Don't make it a power struggle because in a power struggle, guess who's going to win? Ooh. Yeah, they're, they're such good negotiators. Oh. No, right, right. So just it's just it's modeling, and and there are times where you literally have to just put it there, like 20, 30, 40, 50 times. You know, mm. and it's just a lot of patience because, in a way, if you think about it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like an evolutionary protective mechanism. Because back when we were in in caves and toddlers who just ate everything and put everything in their mouth without being a little suspicious. Uh, they got into trouble, right? You know, so so this sort of like being suspicious of food is, is actually, you know, this sort of protection that ah. isn't necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, it's many, many times of the kids, oh, okay, each time mom 
um, eats broccoli, she doesn't keel over. You know? <laughs> like, They're kind of looking through, well, just waiting for a reaction. <laughs> yeah, I guess I will try some of this broccoli, you know, after the 20th time. Uh, so, uh, patience, patience and, and just put it on there, offer it, but don't make it into a power struggle. I love it. I love it. I love it. All righty. So, you know, when did you decide to take your message on the airways, uh-huh. on the radio show? Because you are not only, you know, there saying, oh, this would be really nice. You have your own radio show. Yeah. So when did you take yeah. that on the air? Well, again, just Dr. Una, I used to have Tiara syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. oh, as long as. I open my doors and I provide good care. I will, you know, my practice will, will grow. My, I will, yeah, yeah. I really thought all I had to do was hang up my shingle. And we grew simply because I had been in the community for five years. Mm-hmm. So like the first, um, so 50%, um, so initially pretty much all of my patients were followers. They had followed, I'd been their doctor or their kid's doctor for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, about a year ago, word of mouth surpassed our, mm. our previous patients. So our word of mouth patients are now make up about 60% oh, um, wow. How powerful. Of, yeah, of our of our clinic. So really, it was all just word of mouth and our, and our previous followers. But then we we plateaued. And then when, when my mom passed away, when she died, I was like, okay, I kind of want to slow down the growth of the pediatric portion and, and refocus on this. It just so happened I was learning from Dr. Una during that time. Mm-hmm. And when she talked about, you know, visibility and you yes. need a people and no one is going to, yeah, if they don't know you, they don't mm-hmm. like you, they don't trust you, they don't know, you cannot be the best kept secret. And that's really what yeah. we were and we had been. Um, mm-hmm. So really, I applied a lot of Dr. Una's principles. That's how I found you, Dr. Beckford. <laughs> And, uh, and so one of the things I did is, um, I reached out to like different TV stations and radio stations with, with, and I pitched them the proposal for the veggies over pills radio show. Mm -hmm. And one of the local stations who had uh, taken over new management, I had done when I was in corporate, I had done, um, some like uh, sponsored um, radio programs for them um, when I was employed, you know, mm-hmm. and it was about nutrition and whole foods plant-based and raising vegan kids and, you know, along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, and they, so they had heard of me from, right. from that. Um, so they, uh, this, the one radio station said, yeah, you know what? Um, um, we're, we're interested. And so I pitched them a proposal, they accepted it. And, uh, and so I've been doing the radio show since, since, since August of this last summer, um, and I, we've had several of our, uh, adult wellness patients, our lifestyle medicine patients. That's how they, they heard about us is, Oh, I heard you on the radio. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it also, um, it, it's a way to, so besides again, the, the business marketing aspect, um, mm-hmm. it, it's really a way for, for, um, for me to spread the message, um, mm-hmm. it, to, uh, we are a high ticket, um, um, practice, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't take insurance. It's it's cash. You know, uh, it's direct pay, and um, and I I really feel like our prices are um, are high are are fair market value, but it mm-hmm. is a high program. So I feel like doing the radio show is like my community service. You know, like Aww. I know not everybody is going to be able to afford us, mm-hmm. but we're doing this radio show where basically what I talk about. To, with, with my one-on-one patients, I, we're, we're discussing, you know, we're discussing it. Yeah. I radio. love it. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. And then also you're doing something similar in that you do have a column in your local newspaper where you're able to provide high value that way also. Same thing. Right. Exactly. Um, and and honestly, I, I, when I write my column, I then use that as basically the script for the, <laughs> for the radio show. So yes. Dr. Una is like, repurpose your content. Absolutely. And right. then the thing about it is that you have some people who gather knowledge in different modalities, different right? Ways. Some people gather through reading and in others through right. listening. So you're, you're really capturing everyone in that right. sense. Yeah. Now we're going to take it back to the point before you were able to have all of this joy that you're now enabled to infuse. Right. You know, you went through, I call it the blue period <laughs> with one of my other, where burnout was really prevalent. So describe what was going on in your life at that time that really just added to, like you said, the moral injury. I know you touched on it a little bit, but let's yeah. go a little bit deeper into it. I think part of it was, you know, like I mentioned, I was just not built for the corporate medicine, mm -hmm. 10 minute doctor visits. Um, you know, it, I, I would have a mom who was breastfeeding and it wasn't going well and she'd be in my office crying mm -hmm. and I would just be like, okay, I can't rush her out in 10 minutes. 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, or I do a lot of mental health, about 20, 25% of my practice has always been mental health. And so mm -hmm. I, I would have, and we're rural, we don't have a lot of resources here. So mm -hmm. primary care really takes care of all of uh, all mental health issues. Um, and, uh, and so it was just nauseating for mm. me. And it was just, I, I seriously felt like this nausea in the pit of my stomach, just knowing that, you know, uh, we had to rush patients, that patients would wait for an hour to see me for 15 minutes. Um, it, it was, it, I, I did not understand, like I would, I, like seriously, I, how come they can't text me directly? You know, like I, mm -hmm. I, I would talk, I would sit with the practice manager who was not a doctor, not a nurse, lot less, and, and she, oh no, it's a liability, it's HIPAA. And I'm like, but it is, it is the, it is like the 21st century. Like, <laughs> really? Like we apply for credit cards online. Like how we put in our social security number online. Like how are we not communicating with patients this, you know, in a, mm -hmm. in a more, um, in, in a more direct way. Um, and, uh, and really, um, that so all of that was just really mm -hmm. hard um my then my dad died in 2018 so mm -hmm. i had you know add to the the moral injury i was i was grieving him and mm -hmm. uh, i made the mistake of um i made the mistake of going to the hr sanctioned um counselor and it was confidential but but she really um she, she, she said, oh, you know, when I explained how I was feeling, how I was so morally injured, how I would get so stressed out, seeing patients wait for so long. And, and, oh, and I did talk to my supervisors, right? My supervisors, mm -hmm. non-physicians, non, um, and I asked for um, more indirect patient care time. Mm -hmm. And I asked for one day off per week. I, I said, I will work long days. I will work 12 hour days. I just, I just need one and we, and initially I did, but then they said, no, all docs need to work four and a half days instead of four days. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I literally was, I begged, I begged, like, please mm -hmm. have that one day. It is, it makes such a big difference for my mental health to just mm -hmm. have a day where I don't have to set an alarm there. And they said, no, you know, they said no. Um, and, and then I asked for more indirect patient care time because I was spending so many hours, um, mm -hmm. with 
documenting into late into the evening on Saturdays, on Sundays. It was just it, it was just really demoralizing. Um, so on top of the administrative, on top of the lack of autonomy for my, um, oh, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is adding, he says, yes, he understands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then, then I was grieving my dad's, my father's death. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just felt like, I do not know how much longer I can, I can do this mm. funny because, you know, I, I was very clear as to what I needed, you know, right, I, was right. I needed one, one day of like, no coming into clinic, um, more, more at indirect patient care time more, and there was more time with my patients. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I needed, um, and, uh, and, and they said, no, they, they mm. said, absolutely not. No, everybody has to do this. Um, at that time, I just felt like, how is HR in charge of wellness? Mm. You know, like, mm -hmm. how, how does this happen? You know, and that's sort of when I started thinking, it should be physicians that are doing this, not <laughs> people. This was years ago, you know, but of course, mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing I could do about that. But um, I think, uh, I, I think what's broke the, the straw that broke the camel's back is when I went to the HR sanctioned counselor, and they put it all on me and said, no, you, you need to do more yoga. You need to do therapy. You're depressed, you know, and I didn't feel depressed. I really, I, I was like, I don't have, I don't feel like I'm depressed. I mean, I could go out and run five miles. I had energy. I was eating. I was actually sleeping. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. um, but I was, I was morally injured. That's mm -hmm. what I had. And I didn't have the vocabulary at that time. And right. so he, essentially the message I got from this HR person was go be well on your own time. Not our problem. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's when I said, I'm done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take for you to transition from that portion where you're dealing with feeling that, okay, they're being told that it's my fault for you to say, okay, you know what, I need to do something about this. And this is yeah. what I'm going to do. Because a lot of people, they're in that transition phase where yeah. they are feeling all that you talked about, the moral injury, you're right. stuck in that zone, but then you're stuck in that zone where you feel as if there's nothing that I can do. Right. So how long were you in that zone? And then what was your first step to get you out of that zone? I, I think that once... I found myself in the parking lot, you know, <laughs> crying and being like, I cannot go in there. I knew that either I had to leave medicine mm -hmm. or I had to, or, 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 or start a concierge practice. Um, I mm -hmm. very randomly had heard about direct primary care around mm -hmm. that time. Um, and with a local doc, um, I, I had heard about him. I went to go visit his practice and I was like, this is it this is it. This is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then once it, I accepted that, cause I really thought I could, I could ride this out, you know, I could just retire. Mm -hmm. early. I could keep making money. I could, you know, retire early. And then, but I realized I don't think I could make this for another five years, not even two years. You mm. know? So I, once I, uh, first of all, once I resigned that, that helped, you know, mm -hmm. a lot. Um, <laughs> but I had, I had a six month, um, my contracts that I had to give six months notice. So I was still there for six months, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that was a rough six months, but I didn't want to burn bridges, you know, right. I didn't want to burn any bridges, but I think that once I resigned and accept and, and just, and made that decision to open up my practice, mm -hmm. I, I, it actually like, it was like a big load off, you know? Oh, wow. and that, 
I think that's how I knew that I wasn't depressed because it was, it, you know, and again, I, I don't want to stigmatize mental health and try to deny it. Just, it really, it was almost immediate once I made mm. that decision. And it took me a while to like, um, once I started the practice, not to be like, oh my gosh, I have to be busy all the time. You know, like yes. I block out two hours for lunch each day. Most of my, mm. my first patient is until like 10 or 1030. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I we're closed on Fridays. You know, we don't start till one on Mondays. And so it took me a while to get into that mentality because I was in this like rush, 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 like, rush. Go, 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 go. But I know, I mean, you ask how long it took. I, it was almost immediately once wow. I decided I am leaving. I am mm -hmm. leaving. I, I have the power to walk away. Mm -hmm. It was pretty quickly after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so right now you have people who don't feel that this is possible for them. <laughs> I, I was there. I, I really thought, no way, no way. Yeah. Oh, my my husband was terrified too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. He's yeah, he's a teacher. I'm a doctor. So yeah, he was he was pretty scared. <laughs> wow. So now, while you did this, yeah. and now you are the veggie over pills doctor, uh -huh. how long did it take for you to be able to get that out there? Because now you've been able to get that brand. When you're starting and, you know, people are just like, well, that's the fear. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. You know, how can I do this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but like you're able to do it. Like, yeah, um, I it, it, I really credit Dr. Una um, because I really wish that I had um, that I had learned about her before because uh, mm -hmm. I really was doing like zero marketing before. Like it really was just a word of mouth. So for example, like she's big on branding and developing a personal brand. And so mm -hmm. that's how I came up with veggies over pills. Like I really, it literally was me journaling. Okay. What's important to me? What is it mm -hmm. that I want? Well, I want to unmedicate kids. I want to mm -hmm. unmedicate families. I want to get down to basics. I want to, you know, the, the, the six pillars of lifestyle medicine are so important. And so, um, and, and, and evidence-based, like people mm -hmm. think, oh, you know, being vegan or being whole foods plant-based, you're just this like hippie dippy, you know, and, and I do attract some, you know, um, people with values that don't align to mine, because even though I, and I tell people when, like when they do initial consults, yes, I'm veggies over pills, but you know what? I am a science-based evidence-based Western trained doctor. It's mm -hmm. just the same, the same evidence, the same science that tells us that whole foods plant-based is healthier for us is the same science that, for example, tells us that vaccines are, are better for us, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I do feel like uh, sometimes, um, sometimes I, for a long time, I didn't want to use the word holistic because I didn't want to attract like mm -hmm. X crowd and, and that kind of thing. And, and finally, after, you know, doing this sort of branding, um, uh, mm -hmm. branding Dr. Una, I realized I am reclaiming that word. The mm. word is, um, is mine. I am, mm -hmm. I, for two years, for years, I didn't want to use it. And I'm like, no, I am holistic. I'm going to reclaim it. And you know what, if, if it does mean that we attract this population that might not align with our values, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. But, right. but yeah, I was, it was about reclaiming a lot of it was reclaiming my roots because I was afraid to use certain words like wellness and holistic because, because I was scared of, of, of the crowd that I would attract, but I'm like, no, now I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. And, um, one of the things I noticed with, um, 
uh, counseling women in, in the practice, in the, in the, in the, in the wellness portion of the practice is a lot of times I would ask them, okay, what are your biggest barriers to mm -hmm. implement six pillars of lifestyle medicine? And a lot of times it wasn't kids. It's not the, the, the spouse it's work. Mm. Work was one of, and that's when I started exploring workforce wellness also, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I thought, okay, most people um, spend all their time, a good chunk of their time at work. Absolutely. And our social connections are at work and we eat a lot of our meals at work. And so we are not going to get healthy as a country without corporate involvement. Um, and a lot of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving a talk um, next month in the DPC, uh, the DPC pediatric, uh, pediatric DPC mastermind on workforce wellness, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of docs, especially docs who own small practices, kind of get scared when they think when they hear workforce wellness ecosystems or workforce wellness initiatives, they think, oh, wow, that sounds expensive. And I'm just a tiny little practice, especially DPC mm -hmm. practices, where it's literally just like maybe one or two staff members. Um, but, you know, they're very simple methods, very simple mm. methods that people can do. And, you know, and you do this, you do this yourself doing work, mm -hmm. work, uh, workforce wellness. You know, I, I start off with, hey, back to basics, pay your people well, treat them with respect, give them mm -hmm. autonomy, give them creative freedom, you know, um, because people, all the yoga in the world isn't going to fix a staff <laughs> member that is stressed out because they can't pay their bills. Or because they're always, yes. you know, missing their kids' soccer games, you know. So like, it's back to basics: pay people well, treat them well, and mm -hmm. then we're doing active design, you know, like make it easy for staff to make healthy choices, you know, like allow people enough time to eat or their or, or prepare their home packed meals or to go out and get a healthy meal instead of just having to being able to go to the fast food restaurant. Um, mm -hmm. Physical activity, incorporate, have walking meetings instead of sitting meetings, you know, mm -hmm. have a mm -hmm. lot flexibility in the work schedule so that people can can work out or go on a staff nature hike, you know, during, mm -hmm. during, during work hours. One thing that, um, you know, we're, we're rural, right? So we have some, some uh, capabilities that other people might not have, but like my nurse likes to open the windows when the weather's nice, you know? And I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, of course, you know, like, like allowing people to have fresh air, like it's simple things that don't cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And there is like the, the more crunchy feel, touchy feely stuff, like, you know, creating a sense of belonging, you know, having staff uniforms, weekly huddles, recognizing achievements, um, in, in, encouraging face-to-face -face communications, you know, I mm -hmm. call social connections, the forgotten vitamin, because it really is yes. social help cognitive health, improving the immune system, you know, blue zones show that people that have five meaningful social connections each day live longer, you know, have decreased risk of dementia. So creating a work environment where we're not just communicating on the internal chat on the computer, but actually like talking to each other is, mm -hmm. is important. So it's um, a, and I really feel like as doctors, we've been relegated to sick care and we need, a, we need to say, no, uh -uh. I am not just going to do sick care as a doctor. I'm going to become the local expert on everything wellness. So mm -hmm. if there's a school that needs to revamp their nutritional program. I'm saying this to all the doctors listening, you doctor, local doctor, they need to be calling you. You know, if there is a corporation that, um, you know, that is looking for uh, someone to help them design their space so to, inc to, in to increase activity, physical activity among their staff, they need to be calling you local doctor. You know, they mm -hmm. if um, if uh, a company wants a wellness audit, 
they need to be called they should not be calling hr people they should not be calling um uh, personal trainers they should not be calling dietitians or nutritionists they should be calling us as doctors there's no reason why every single one of us as a physician can can you know taking cme with the american college of lifestyle medicine doing some integrative classes we have this knowledge it's just kind of like learning the science and the framework behind it and there's no reason why us as physicians should not be dominating in the wellness space there's enough for all of us to go around for us to all of us do this. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know, as I listen to you and what you're doing, I think it's so interesting that you're really embodying your mom. <laughs> as I listen to her, because, and I never met your mom, but I'm an empath. As I listen to the beginning of your story, yeah. it started with my mom did all of what she could in so your mom did the wellness at home oh so yeah she did the plant-based she did yeah. the home remedy and then when it beyond went beyond these were your words when mm -hmm. it went beyond what she could do then she took us mm -hmm. to that now you're doing the same thing for your community like how powerful oh. but, <laughs> but here's the thing you now have the additional knowledge that your mom didn't have so now you have the holistic knowledge that you can incorporate the western yeah plus the traditional right exactly and, and you're able to put it all together so how powerful like wow 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 Alrighty, i we have a um some people that i do want to acknowledge in the chat we had Corey singleton that said hello through a heart emoji oh. <laughs> And then we have um, Dr. Christine Goins. So if you guys have not listened to one of our episodes, Dr. Christine Goins, she is the uh -huh. Nomad MD. So she's a physician. She's uh -huh. a psychiatrist that um, does medicine and she teaches others how to practice medicine and be able to survive living the nomadic life. So awesome. she's currently... I think she's currently in Chile. That's my hero. Yay. Yes. <laughs> to do. Yeah. Yes. So she is, as I listened to your story, I thought it was interesting. So Dr. Um, Goins says, so inspired by your story, do, um, do you or does your wellness center treat patients from any other states? Would you ever consider moving back to Mexico? Any advice to docs wanting to bring integrative holistic medicine to areas outside of the U.S.? What does it take to make your brand in worldwide in this capacity? Wonderful question. Yeah. So up there if you wanted to just check on it again. So docs wanting to integrate um, holistic, um, integrative medicine outside of the U.S. Any advice for those doctors? Well, I'm I'm only licensed in in Indiana, and so mm -hmm. we do have patients that travel to see us, but they have to come to the clinic um, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. to see us because this is where my this is where my license um, is. Um, mm -hmm. I at this point I don't think I would consider going uh, going back to Mexico, but I would consider going back to Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just uh, I, I, you know, Mexico is not the same as when I was growing up, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and so so I uh, I would I would love to to go back to Costa Rica at this point, um, and then as far as the thing is, it's hard to get licensed. It is hard to get licensed as a physician outside of the U.S. Because when I lived in Costa Rica, I looked into it. I also mm -hmm. looked into New Zealand. I looked into other English-speaking countries and Spanish-speaking countries because I, I speak fluent Spanish, obviously. And um, and it, it's hard. So mm -hmm. now, if you are not practicing as a physician, but practicing more like as a like a wellness coach, I think mm -hmm. that would be a lot easier to mm -hmm. do. 
you know, to not necessarily do medical care, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe not, not doing body composition analysis, not doing lab work, but doing nutritional counseling, doing mm -hmm. training, you know, and even though, yes, you're a doctor, but doing it under the umbrella of, of a, of a health coach or a wellness coach, I think that might be a little easier. Mm -hmm. And as far as branding internationally, I think the best way to do it, I haven't done this myself, but I know that some physicians who, who do, um, uh, Dr. Jade Norris, for, for example, um, at, in, in, in Inspire Primary Care in Las Vegas, she does this, is having, uh, right now you can harness technology and have like, um, it, it, instead, it, yes, build a brand on social media, but then take your social media audience and, and create your own community. You know, mm -hmm. like, you're, like a paywalled membership through, you know, um, on your own website, because that way you're not um, you're not just basically working for Instagram or working for mm -hmm. Facebook or working because <laughs> that's what you're doing when you're creating content for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Basically creating your own community. And and we've started doing that, but I'm not ready, you know, to, to take it to the next level. We started creating the content and kind of putting it together. But ultimately, that's the beauty of the internet is if you have a following and then and then bring it to your own community you have the potential to create an international brand love it love it love it wow such great answers to questions and you know as you're talking about like um creating and doing all these things it brings me to she's uh dr going says thank you she loves your insights <laughs> it brings me to my fun question of the day and you know this is my question all righty. So, Dr. Noemi, if you weren't a doctor or <laughs> doing lifestyle medicine, or let me see what else. Okay, I'm not going to take travel. So, you, okay, we can't, we can take teacher away because your husband's a teacher. So, I don't want yeah. you to jump in and take in his profession. <laughs> like, oh, well, I'll be a teacher. No, well, I taught when I, when I was in academics, I was a teacher. I was, yeah, I know you were, but you're not going to be able to add that to your answer to this question because yeah. <laughs> I snatched it off. Uh -huh. So, if you weren't a doctor or teacher, um, doing the holistic lifestyle medicine, um, baker, yes, because I know mm -hmm. that you bake and cook. Yeah. Um, what would you be? You know, I still have fantasies about owning an indie bookstore in yeah, like having and having it like um like a little indie bookstore and having mainly books by, you know, um authors of of color and women and mm -hmm. You know, authors that are members of the LGBTQ community. Um, so, so a very a that kind of bookstore, but also having it like as a community center where people come in and do readings and ah. inviting authors to come in and speak. Maybe having like a little coffee bar, you know, off to the side, but really making it like this intellectual hub yeah. in our small town, rural Indiana. I would like, I would just love to be able to do something like that. I see it coming. Yeah, I see it coming. Wow. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. Wow. This was such a such a great conversation. I know a lot of people are listening and they're probably trying to figure out like, okay, number one, how in the world did she do this? And number two, 
Where can we find her and be part of Dr. Noemi's world? Oh. <laughs> so tell us what's going on for Dr. Noemi. How can we find you, be part of your world? Oh, yeah. I would love for all of you guys to be part of my world. So we have a very strong online presence. Um, mm -hmm. So you, um, anybody listening can start and wants to learn more about me, about the practice, about our, about our, uh, about our different services and programs, go to um, www.culverpediatrics.com. Mm -hmm. And they can learn about our practice, our services, about me, about our team. Um, in addition to the pediatrics concierge, we do holistic wellness for, for women. I also do corporate wellness audits and corporate wellness consultations. I do speaking engagements. All mm -hmm. that info is on our website. I also, when I was looking for a tool to guide our, our lifestyle patients, our, our, our wellness patients, I couldn't find a journal that met my standards, you know, because mm. I was looking for something that was body positive, whole foods, plant based, um, holistic, that wasn't just, you know, diet and exercise, but also like mindfulness and sleep and social connections and, and all mm. those things. And, and so I designed one myself, you know, mm. and it's called the Metamorphosis Holistic Wellness Journal. So that the link to purchase that is on my website. So that's a great tool. Like if you have any um, obesity medicine doctors or lifestyle medicine doctors, weight loss doctors that are listening, this is a great tool. It's designed by a physician. Um, so um, so that's a, that's a great tool. And it's on our website if you're interested in purchasing. Um, we're on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Culverpedes for, for mm -hmm. both. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn under Noemi Adame MD. That account is mainly focused on promoting myself as a corporate wellness speaker. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so yeah, so go to our website, go to our socials, check us out, check out the wellness journal. And if anyone is looking for a speaker at your next conference, your next wellness event, hit me up, book a consult and we can get the ball rolling. I love it. I love it. I love it. So now you guys have learned how to have access into Dr. Noemi's world. So she's a corporate consultant speaker. She is um, the CEO and owner right now is Cobra Pediatrics, but it's going to be rebranded for yeah, Cobra Wellness Center. Um, she is the veggies over pills doc. So if you heard about it, you're like, Ooh, I recognize. Yes, yes, this is her. So all of this is available you know she's putting it all on her website but if you are just jumping on this portion of the show and you're like oh my goodness did i miss all of this mm, not really <laughs> because it is all available this wonderful conversation on our your karen docs website so just go to yourcarendocs.com select podcast you'll be able to download this episode i know a lot of you who are listening you know somebody who needs to hear this so i want you to send them this wonderful info send them this episode say hey listen to this listen to this doc because she is doing it she is showing us how we do not have to succumb to burnout she showed us a way she showed us how she did it in the pandemic mm. <laughs> right in the middle and using her skills as a pediatrician getting the additional skills in lifestyle medicine and she's incorporating that to help families to be healthy and she has this wonderful dream of opening up the center where she has the MD bookstore where anyone can come, <laughs> which is coming. That's the part two, because I can feel it coming. Now, thank you so much, Dr. Noemi, for being on the show. I know that some other people are like, oh, my God, I am a doctor doing amazing things inside and outside of clinical medicine. And I would love to be on the show, too. And I'm like, uh, 
I would love to have you on. So if you are a doctor and you would love to be on the show also, just send an email at drbeckford at yourcaringdocs.com to book. Keep in mind, we are booked out a couple months in advance and now you understand why. All of you amazing docs who are doing fantastic things inside and outside of clinical medicine. I want you on the show. I want to highlight you. I want the world to see you. And that's exactly what we've been doing for over 200 doctors that we've had over 200 interviews here. And I'd love to have over 200 more. And if you are another doc that you feel you need to be on the show, come on down. Like they say on the talk shows, come on down. Alrighty. Thank you so much. Now, I know that some of you guys out there are wondering, like, in addition to this, what does Dr. Beckford do also? Yes, I am also a dynamic speaker, and we do speak on stress and burnout prevention. So if you're looking for another dynamic speaker, in addition to Dr. No Amy, yes, I, Dr. Beckford, am the one. You can send me an email to book at drbeckford at yourcaringdocs.com. Um, you can also go on our website, yourcaringdocs.com, and you'll see the section for speakers, and you can fill out that portion, and we'd love to be part of your next conference. All right. Well, with that, we are going to end today's show. Thank you so much, Dr. Noemi. Thank you so much for joining us, all the people in the chat. Thank you guys for your wonderful comments. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.